We've been going through the life of Elijah for the, the summer, who was God's prophet, who he was used greatly. And this is one of the last um, assignments that Elijah had before we look at how God took him next week. But 2 Kings chapter 1, Ahab, the king he dealt with, has died. And it says in 2 Kings chapter 1, And after the death of Ahab, Moab rebelled against Israel. Now Ahaziah, who was Ahab's son, fell through the lattice in his upper chamber in Samaria and lay sick. So he sent messengers telling them, Go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover from this sickness. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say to them, Is it because there is no god in Israel that you are going to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Now therefore, thus says the Lord, You shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. So Elijah went. The messengers returned to the king and said to them, Why have you returned? And they said to him, There came a man to meet us and said to us, Go back to the king who sent you and say to him, Thus says the Lord, Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. He said to them, What kind of man was he who came to meet you and told you these things? They answered him, He wore a garment of hair with a belt of leather about his waist, and he said, It is Elijah the Tishbite. Then the king sent to him a captain of fifty men with his fifty. He went up to Elijah, who was sitting on the top of a hill, and said to him, O man of God, the king says, Come down. But Elijah answered the captain of fifty, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty. Then fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. And again, again the king sent to him another captain of fifty, with his fifty. And he answered and said to him, O man of God, this is the king's order. Come down quickly. But Elijah answered them, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty. Then the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Again the king sent the captain of a third fifty with his fifty. And the third captain of fifty went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and entreated him, O man of God, please let my life and the life of these fifty servants of yours be precious in your sight. Behold, fire came down from heaven and consumed the two former captains of fifty men with their fifties. But now let my life be precious in your sight. Then the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him, do not be afraid of him. So he arose and went down with him to the king and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Because you have sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, is it because there is no god in Israel to inquire of his word? Therefore you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. So he died according to the word of the Lord that Elijah had spoken. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word. And Lord, we thank you for just the hope and the help of your word. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray this morning you just remove 
every distraction from our hearts and minds. That we'd be able to be focused on your word. And the Holy Spirit, you would teach us from your word and encourage us with it this morning. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I mean, what an opportunity. An opportunity is a set of circumstances that make it possible to do something. And if Ahaziah was here today, who was the son of Ahab, and we looked at his two-year reign, if he looked at his life, he would stand up here to say to us, I wasted it. I had this great opportunity, and I wasted it. God places opportunity in front of all of us. There's, there's opportunities in this season of our life, in the season of our world, um, all before of us. The question is, what, what opportunity is God placing in front of you? What, what opportunities has God placed in front of you? And the account of Ahaziah is of a man who wasted what God gave him. And it's also the account of God who is always working and is working for his glory. And then the question is, it's an opportunity for us as we look at this somewhat odd passage. It's an opportunity for us to examine our own lives before God as we live in the opportunities that he gave us. And as we go through this chapter, we're going to look at it this way. We're going to look at Ahaziah who failed and wasted this opportunity. But first, the falling failure of Ahaziah, the foolish fighting of Ahaziah, and the fatal end of Ahaziah, but, but not final. First, this, this is the falling failure of Ahaziah. This is the situation. His dad, Ahab, was one of the most wicked kings that ever lived. He was, uh, he was against God. Ahaziah grew up under, under his dad, seeing everything going on, and his dad dies. Ahaziah became, becomes king. And in verse 1, it says, after the death of Ahab, Moab rebelled against Israel. The people of Moab had been paying tribute, if you remember, to Israel for years. And all of a sudden now, after Ahab dies, things are not going well for the nation and the kingdom of Israel. And the people of Moab said, we're done paying tribute. We're not going to do that anymore. And they, they stop. And Ahaziah, as the king of Israel, does not go to God. He doesn't ask for, what should I do? He doesn't appeal to God at all. He just becomes very lax. It's, he just, he, it seems like he just lets it happen. The, the people of Moab stop paying tribute. He lets it kind of happen. And then he stays back. He's up in his upper chamber. Maybe he was afraid to go and deal with the situation. Maybe he didn't know what to do. Maybe, but he, he was a guy who loved his luxuries, though. He was king now. He could do whatever he wanted. And instead of doing what a king should do, dealing with the situation, he's back home, living in luxury. Maybe he's drunk. He's up on his balcony. He's looking around. Maybe he's reaching for something, and he falls through. He falls off the balcony. It says he falls through the lattice of his upper chamber in Samaria. He falls to the ground. It's a terrible accident. And then he lays there, and somehow through this process, he gets sick. And he starts to wonder, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to die? He's laid out. The king of Israel, who should have known to follow God. He, he saw the way God worked in Elijah with his dad, but he's lax. He likes his luxurious lifestyle. And now he's laid out. 
thinking he's going to die, and he looks for help, not from God, but from Beelzebub, from Baal. Here's the opportunity that Ahaz had. He, he had a job to do, which he wasn't doing. He had luxuries that he enjoyed, that he lost. God laid him out, and there was an opportunity for Ahaziah to come to his senses and to say, I need to examine my life. Maybe I need to listen from God. Maybe I need to hear what's going on in all the chaos. There was an opportunity to the question, would Ahaziah trust God, or would he continue to turn away? The same opportunity exists for you today. In the midst of whatever's going on this year, whatever difficulties that are falling on you, the opportunity is, even today, as the Bible says, if you would hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as in rebellion. That was Ahab's opportunity. He, he, he had fallen, and he failed in it. He absolutely failed in that opportunity because he decided, hey, get some people. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to live through this. I'm on my deathbed, maybe. What's going to happen to me? And so he gets people together, and he says, hey, go, go and find out from Beelzebub, from the false god in Ekron, who they believed could tell people's fortunes, go ask him, am I going to live or am I going to die? You can fall in your life. You can fall forward or you can fail falling. Ahaziah was a guy who, who failed falling. It's very human to fall. It's very, very human situation here. He's on his balcony, looking at something, doing something, reaching for something. It just falls. He falls to the ground. It's a, it's a human thing to fall. Failing and falling is in, in all of our futures. There's moments where we are we were where we should be spiritually, or where we we're following after God, and there's just there's these temptations that constantly plague all of us. So that's very human. But where do you look, and where do you go? Before and after your fall matters. Ahaziah chose not to go that way. He chose to reject what he knew to be true and what he had seen. He, he had fallen, and he failed in his fall. But why? And where was it? What, what caused Ahaziah to look this way? It was his pride, first of all. He, he, he had become the king. He, he thought he was everything. He didn't think he had to do his job. He didn't think he had to, to, to deal with the situation that was affecting his people, which was the responsibility of the king to take care of his people. He was all about himself, and, and so much so that when he became about himself, his only answer was to turn to demonic things. He, he said, go to inquire of Beelzebub, which in the New Testament, that same phrase is used of Satan. It was his pride. He thought, I don't need Yahweh. I don't need God. I can do it my way. And his pride led him away, which is why it's very dangerous. Even today, in our culture even, when people start to look at things apart from God to find direction, the horoscopes, you go to a palm reading, tarot card readings, all of these spiritualist things, that is against God. And this is what Ahaziah did. That, that was his pride. But how did this, this young king get to this point? 
It wasn't just his pride. This was the pattern of his life. You could almost say that he didn't just fall. In a sense, Ahaziah was almost pushed into this direction. He was almost pushed into falling because it says in the end of 1 Kings 22, Ahaziah being the son of Ahab and Jezebel, the Bible says in 1 Kings 52 that he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother and in the way of Joraboam, the son of Nephat, who made Israel to sin. This is what he knew. Ahaziah was filled with pride, but he was also following the pattern of what his parents set for him. It was almost like, in a sense, his parents set him up to fall off. They pushed him, in a sense. Because he followed, the Bible says, he followed and walked in the ways of his father and his mother, and who made the people of Israel sin. His parents had an opportunity as people of God to lead their son in the right way, and they didn't do it. They did everything they could do the opposite way. It's same with us as parents today. You have the opportunity, if you're a parent, to lead your children in the path that God would call them to. There's an old story of a dad who, would, who was an alcoholic, and he was, didn't want his little kids to see it, so he'd go out and hide his stuff in the, in the barn. It was one cold, wintry night. He was, he, he was left, and he went out there into the, in the snowstorm, went out to the barn, and did his thing. He turned around. There was his little son. And his dad said, how'd you get here? And the son said, I walked in your footsteps. That's what children do. Ahab and Jezebel had an opportunity as the king of Israel who knew who Yahweh was to put their son in a direction. And they blew it. They did the exact opposite. We as parents, and you as a parent know, your kids follow you. They watch your life. And it's your responsibility to put them in a position where they can see God, hear God, know God. The excuse can't be, well, there was a pandemic in 2020. We couldn't do things. It's your responsibility to put them in a position to hear from God, see from God, to teach your children in the way that they should go. We can't make them go that way. We can't do that, but we can put them in the position and we can pray. And you can pray. And you can pray that God would wake them. It's an opportunity that we have. It's the opportunity we're, we're called to. This is part of why Ahaziah did what he did. He, he, he failed in his falling because of his pride, because of the pattern that his life had been set up. And then it was very personal. It was his choice to do this. It says in verse 53, he served Baal and worshipped him, and provoked the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger in every way that his father had done. There comes a point when you as a parent can position your kids 
And you can pray, but it's up to each one of you individually and to each all of us before God which way you're going to go. And for Ahaziah, it was very personal. He watched and saw it all. And he said to himself, I'm going to follow the ways of my father. And I'm going to go against Yahweh. And he had no place for Yahweh, no place for God in his life. It was like the Bible says in Psalm 14, the fool has said in his heart, no to God. Or the fool has said, no, God, no. I'm not going to do what you asked me to do. This was Ahab's situation. You can fall. You might be struggling right now in this year. You might stumble. But you can fall but you can, and fall forward, or you can fail in your falling. Many Christians, someone says, haven't stopped believing in God. We have just become functional deists, living with God at his distance. Ahaziah was worse than this. Ahaziah has said, you know, I just don't even want to go to God. I'm not not even a head in that direction. When he did that, and he was fallen, instead of turning to God like other kings of Israel had done and asking for help, he didn't do it. He consciously chose to walk the other way, wondering what was going to happen to him. It absolutely led to a bunch of fog in his life. It led to all these fuzziness, and it led to extreme this, this, this fighting and this foolish fighting of Ahaziah with God. His plan was, go send your messengers, find out what's going to happen to me. So he goes out, they, they leave, God says no. And he tells Elijah, he says, hey, The king's fallen. He's trying to find out from Baal. You go talk to them. So Elijah gets up. He goes to these messengers, and he says to them, Is there no God in Israel that can help this king? Go back and tell the king he's going to die. And there's something in that message that these messengers of the king, it had authority, and they turned. And they went back to Ahaziah. Ahaziah hears about it. He gets very mad about it. And he starts sending people after Elijah. He sends a group of 50 soldiers to get Elijah. And and the guy comes up flippantly and says, Oh, man of God, come down. And Elijah says, If I'm a man of God, then let fire come down. Fire comes down and kills all 50 of them. Ahaziah hears about it, sends another one. Another 50 guys die. He hears about that, and he sends another one. He is so angry with God. No one's going to tell me what to do. No matter all this evidence, I'm still going to have my way, is how Ahaziah was feeling. And he was mocking God, and God says God's not going to be mocked. Mount Carmel should have been proof for Ahaziah that God can send fire down. He saw it happen to his dad. He saw it happen to the 400 prophets of Baal get killed. He should have known. It was proof that God is God. He will not be mocked. He will not give his glory to another. Second Thessalonians 1, 6-9 says that this is the just judgment of God. It says, 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 says, since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction 
those who afflict you, and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from him, the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. That's the just judgment of God on people going against God. But in Luke, when Jesus was on earth, remember the, the, the disciples came to Samaria and told the people, hey, you're supposed to follow after God, get ready for him, and they didn't do it. And the disciples came all ripped up, they were ticked off, they came to Jesus, should we call fire down from heaven? Because they remembered this story. And Jesus says, no, no, don't do it. Because there was not the place. But listen, you, you, you can find God or find grace. Because the third captain that came, he came up to Elijah. He knew what happened to the, the other 50 guys. He walked up. He, he saw and experienced it. He came humbly to Elijah. The first two said, hey, if you're God, come on down here. The second guy, even more indignant, hey, the king wants you to come quickly They all refused. These were all Israelite men. These were all guys who grew up taught by their parents what Deuteronomy 6 says, that you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. These were not pagans. These were Israelite children who knew the truth of Scripture, and they still went to God as if they could do what they wanted to do. And God, but the third one came, and God gave him grace. We don't understand this story completely. But what we are called to do is acknowledge that God is God and let God be God. He, he can do what he wants with his creation. He can do what he wants with your life. But what we're called to do is to alter and to adjust your direction. The, the, the third captain, he, he was told to go a certain way. He saw what God did and he altered his direction and he came humbly to Elijah. That's what we're called to do is to adjust your direction. Proverbs, Psalms 50, 23 says, To the one who orders his way rightly. Listen. To the one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. That was the question. And the one captain ordered his life rightly. And he received grace and mercy. This whole story is about idolatry. The king Ahaziah wanting to follow a false god and lead the people of God in the wrong direction. And God said, no, that's not the way to go. Is there not a God in Israel whose word we're to listen to? It's the same with your life and with my life. You can fight God or you can find grace. You can spend the rest of this year fighting God with wondering, why is this happening? Why is this going on? Why is this going on? Or we can just come to God humbly and say, God, I need your grace. We don't need to act as if there is no God in Israel. There is no God in control of the universe. When it comes to your time, is there no God over your time? When it comes to your career, I mean, is there no God over your career? 
When it comes to your relationships, is there no God over your relationships? When it comes to your retirement, is there no God over your retirement? When it comes to your education, is there no God over your education? When it comes to government, is there no God over government? All of those things we can make idols out of. We can say, that's what's going to give me hope. That's what's going to save me. That's what's going to help me. And God would say to us, I am your hope. I am your help. If you put your trust in any of those other things, it's idolatry. Is there no God that's going to get us through an election season? We have to walk with God, not with man. Ahaziah said, I'm going to walk my way. And you can fight God, or you can find grace. And Elijah came back, and the fatal end of Ahaziah, but not the final. He comes back, and he says to Ahaziah, okay, I'll go. He comes down from the mountain. He walks up to the king. And he says, is it because there is no God in Israel to inquire of his word? Therefore, you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone, but you shall surely die. So he died. Ahaziah was king for two years. Was it six months he was laying on his deathbed? A few weeks? This is the scene that God wanted us to know from his word. The situation was... God's God, you're going to die according to your word. He gets that message, and he died. There's no repentance, no turning over a new leaf, no going back to the word, nothing with his life. He, he, he heard the message, and it's just silence. He died. From the time he heard that message to the time he died, it's silence. You can feed your faith and find real hope, which Ahaziah never did. It was just silence. He died according to the word of the Lord. It was a fatal end, but it's not final. It's not final. Because we're not Ahaziah. You're not Ahaziah. I'm not Ahaziah. If you choose to walk the way of Ahaziah, your life will end with silence. Nothing redeemable. Ecclesiastes over and over and over again tells us that. But it's not the final so go through the rest of the New Testament, into the Old Testament. In between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the people of God, God's trying to move them towards a certain direction, and there's 400 years of absolute silence. The nation of Israel, the people of God, they, they, they rebelled, they rebelled, they rebelled. God worked with them. Then there's silence. What's going to happen? Is that the fatal end? Then the shout of God. John chapter 1 opens up. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And God speaks. 
and he's very loud, and he comes as a human, and he comes in the form of Jesus Christ, and he's loud to the world over and over and over again, saying there's grace, there's mercy, there's people, there's hope for people who will follow after me. There's, there's, a, there's direction for your life. He's not silent. Jesus was not silent. He's walking down the road in Matthew chapter 8. The, 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 the beggar's looking for help, and, and he cries out, Lord, if you, if you will, if you will, I'll help me. And Jesus turned to him and says, I, I will. I will, because God's not silent. He, he's not silent. Over and over, he shouts out to us. In the midst of this situation of this year, in the midst of your life, in the midst of the end of an August, where it might feel like God's been silent in your life. And it might feel that way, but God's never been silent. He's been saying it over and over again through Jesus. I will. For those who come to me, I will. If you're weary and heavy laden, I will help you. I will give you rest. And so for us, we are called to seek him. Psalm 50 says, our God comes. He does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire and around him a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness for God himself is judge. We can rejoice in that. Ahaziah's result was fatal, but that's, we're not Ahaziah. We have the story, so it doesn't have to be final for you, even as a follower of Jesus. It, it, you can say, the shout of God is real to me. God still speaks to me. Jesus is still calling me. We can rejoice in that, that God is not silent. And then we can repent and keep running back. Had Ahaziah just repented, God would have given him mercy and grace because that's what God does. He repents. And we as Christians even, we just got to keep running back. And sometimes we look at repentance as it's a negative thing and it's, a, it's the, the wrath of God's going to come down on us. It's not that way at all. If you're a follower of Jesus, repentance and running back to God is like a grandpa in this church who I heard just tell the story of his little grandson, who when, his, when he took him out and did something with him, the, the little grandson came running to him. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. Thanks for doing that for me. That's repentance for us as Christians. We have this good, loving God. When we walk away, he just calls us back to himself. He forgives us of our sins. He brings us back to him. And repentance is really us coming back to saying, God, I blew it, but thank you, Papa. Thanks for bringing me back to you. Thank you, Papa. That's repentance. That's what we're called to do. And as we do that and we relay this message of hope, there is hope. Listen, opportunity is knocking in your life. Opportunity is knocking, and his name is Jesus. Turn to him and trust in him. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep.
Yeah.